0: Looking to sound like you know what's going on in the world? Social strategy, comedy, and other funny stuff? Well, join the club and settle in for the Jeff Dwaskin Show. It's not the podcast we deserve, but the podcast we all need. With your host, Jeff Dwaskin.
1: Thank you, Andy, for that amazing introduction. And welcome, everyone, to episode 16 of the Jeff Dwoskin Show. As always, I'm your host, Jeff Dwoskin. We have got an amazing show for you today. Dwight Turner is in the house. That's right, Dwight Turner. you love him from Chicago Fire. you love him from A Thousand Ways to Die. And we've got an amazing conversation with him coming up but first social media tip (laughs) that's a pretty good segue I'm, i'm getting i'm getting really good at these anyway today i wanted to talk about tiktok jeff what are you doing on tiktok i love me the tiktok i really do and here's the funny thing I love it for recipes. I know it's crazy. I have become a guacamole, tabbouleh, and steak-making master. Love it. (laughs) You should definitely check out TikTok if you haven't. It's totally fun. It really is. And hopefully before Donald Trump takes it away from all of us, before he rips it from the soul of our social media being, But here's the thing. Lots of great recipes. It's a lot of fun. And guess what? Just like on Twitter, they have this cool favorites feature. So you can kind of, in a way, bookmark all your favorite ones because they're only like 15 seconds each. So if you're doing a recipe, you got to watch it like 550 times to really get it down. But totally worth it. They're delicious. Anyway, so check out TikTok check out that favorites feature and check out how to make an amazing steak guacamole tabuli, and then we can hang and share recipes. I'm really excited about that. And that's the social media tip of the week. When I was having my conversation with Dwight Turner, which is coming up soon, and he's an actor and he's done all this amazing stuff. It had me reflecting on the short period of time that I, Jeff Dewaskin, host of The Jeff Dewaskin Show, dipped his toe into potential acting future of his own. That's right. That's right. I almost wasn't your beloved podcast host. I was almost a star of some crazy movie that actually never got made. But the reality is what happened was in Detroit or in Michigan, they had all these incentives, all these film incentives. And so they reached out to the comedians to do small parts in some of these movies that they were going to film in Michigan because they were getting tons of tax breaks. So I went to audition for one, and I got my head shot, and I made up a resume (laughs) because I didn't have one, though I had starred once in a Yellow Pages ad for my dad. I was patient number one and chair number two. But besides that, I hadn't had much experience. So I go, and there's all these people sitting there, and I had to read this part and the part was kind of like the kind of guy that had like the sweater hung over his shoulders and he was a little cocky and he was you know just kind of thought he was totally cool. And so I was gonna read for it, but I only had so much time to read for it. And they didn't call me. So I kind of wanted to be polite and I said, Hey, I gotta go, but I just didn't want to disappear. You know, with hopes that maybe in the future my entire career could blow up. And I didn't want to ruin it with this one bad example of my behavior so they did what i feared the most they went oh you gotta go well we'll see you right now and i'm like no 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 i wasn't meaning to like rush anything or get. getting i just wanted to let you know i gotta no come right in so i went in and i had no idea what i was doing and they were feeding me lines which i didn't even know what that meant and i just tried to read the lines and i they're like thank you And that was it. And I left. And it was so embarrassing, I actually didn't even sign the release, because God forbid they had footage of me being so horrible that I didn't want it to be able to use anywhere. So I didn't even, I just snuck out. So flash forward, like a week, I get an email for a callback. And I'm like, a callback? That's crazy. I was horrible, beyond horrible. (laughs) Like, (laughs) you could picture the worst thing ever and then amplify it, and that was me. But they had me, uh, wanted me to do a callback. And so the piece was nerdy TSA agent. I'm like, nerdy TSA agent? What? (laughs) Like, come on. I was trying out for a cool part. Anyway, so it was nerdy TSA agent. But when I double clicked on it, the PDF, the script, it said super nerdy TSA agent. So if you can imagine my entire ego, was just shot to hell. (laughs) My wife laughed at me like you wouldn't believe someone could laugh at someone. But guess what, guys? I found the script for super nerdy TSA agent. And guess who's going to read it right now and redeem himself? That's right, me. Now, keep in mind, I did go back. I did read. They tried so hard to get something out of me, but failed Failed miserably. Or I failed miserably. It was horrible. But I'm gonna redeem myself right now. Now this was for a Jason Muse led vehicle. Jason Mews is J of Silent Bob and J. And the movie was called Bag Monkeys by Lee Ellers. I will be reading every part. A super nerdy TSA agent is seated behind the X ray machine. Rome rushes up to him. Rome. Break time. Rome goes to the man out of the seat. The nerdy screener grabs his chair fiercely. This is my part. Excuse me, I just had my break. Now I'm working. Rome sees it smiles as getting close. Rome, you sure? I think you should take another one just in case. Nerdy TSA screener, me. I ate a PB&J sandwich, sand crust, and a small baggie of lime-infused sun chips. You don't just forget something like that. Rome is getting impatient. Rome. So take another one, nerdy TSA agent. Are you bananas? That would be against policy. End scene. All right. Well, while my acting career isn't taking off, I do count on the support of my sponsors. Today's sponsor... Hammers! Hammers! When you look at something and you think to yourself, I'd really like to nail that. Hammers! For when you really want to nail something. That's right. I want, if you could all get a hammer, that'd be great. I don't care what you do with it. If you want to hammer in the morning, if you want to hammer in the evening, if you want to hammer all over this land, if it was me, I'd want to hammer out danger. I'd want to hammer out warning. I'd hammer out love between my brothers and my sisters all over this land. Hammer. Get one today. All right. We'll definitely support our sponsors. That's cool. They're who keep the lights on. And now I would like to introduce you to my friend, actor extraordinaire, great conversation I had with Dwight Turner. All right. Welcome to the show. I am here with famous actor Dwight Turner.
0: Dwight, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Jeff. I'm happy to be here.
1: All right. I'm so excited you're here, taking time out of that busy schedule (laughs) to
0: come to my little (laughs) podcast. You're the best. You're the best. Well, you're welcome. You're welcome. I'm looking forward to it. I think this will be fun.
1: This is going to be a hoot. Right away with the big credits. Chicago Fire, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Dr. Mayberry.
1: On Chicago Fire. That's pretty exciting. That's pretty huge. What led you? You are from Hazard, right? Hazard.
0: Hazard, Kentucky. Yes. Hazard, Kentucky. So what led from Hazard, Kentucky to Chicago Fire?
1: Yeah. How does a good old boy never mean no harm? Probably been in trouble with the law since the day you were born. How does How does that person end up as Dr. Mayberry
0: on Chicago Fire? Well, it was a dark and stormy night. No, no, don't. No, just kidding. It is An interesting journey because I did grow up in a very small town, Hazard, Kentucky, and very isolated in the mountains, very beautiful area, very little to do with uh, the entertainment industry, but I knew at a young age that I wanted to be involved in acting, and so I went to college, got my degree in communications with a radio-television emphasis, interned with CBS, and as soon as I finished college, I, the very next month, I moved to L.A. And I moved there with someone who was also graduating from a university. And we had an agreement because we had a limited amount of funds. We had an agreement that no matter what, we would stay for a year because, you know, we were splitting the rent and all of that. And he moved back after one month. One month? One <laughs> month. So I was like, what do I do now? And, you know, that's kind of where the, uh, the big part of the journey begins. Now, keep in mind also, you know, when I was a kid, I, I basically talked like this. I, you know, had a big old accent because that's what the accent is in the area. But, um, but I got rid of the accent because, you know, I knew what I wanted to do. And, and I didn't want to be pegged to just one sort of thing. I can certainly bring that accent back anytime I want to. But... I knew that it would have limited me on the roles that I could play. So the roommate moved back after one month. (laughs) I was like, what do I do now? I can't afford this rent on my own. So I ended up, and I didn't really know anyone in L.A., and I was really nervous about trying to get a roommate that I didn't know. So what I did was I found a guest room in a beautiful home up in the Hollywood Hills, and I lived two doors from Bruce Springsteen. The boss! The boss. And so what was really cool about that is every once in a while, he wouldn't have his windows open and I could hear him practicing, which was just beyond awesome. And He's amazing. He is amazing. And I had a, a very lucky thing happen. Auditioned for and became one of 10 students during a period of a year for, with Nina Foch. Uh, wonderful actress. You can look her up. She's done some uh, wonderful work. And she lived in this beautiful mansion on Rodeo Drive. And I remember being scared to death when I auditioned for her because I didn't know what I was doing back then. And I absolutely loved working with her. I think she taught me a lot and got me off to a good start. One of the students from her class had a birthday party, went to his birthday party. And a guy came up to me at his birthday party and said, Are you an actor? And I said, yeah. And he gave me his card and said, I'm your friend's agent. I'd like for you to call me up, and we'll figure out a time. We'll try to get you in to see me on Wednesday and see if I can get you any work. And so I did. I called him up. We set up a time. I went in to see him that Wednesday. And then he sent me out on my very first professional audition ever, and I booked it.
1: All right. And first that time's was a
0: charm. <laughs> the first time was was a, a charm and a lot of luck in this case. So I was Taft heart lead into the union. It was a, it was a, a un, big union commercial. And that was fantastic as well to instantly become a part of the union and be able to then audition for union jobs right away. I thought at the time, wow, this is all so easy. And of course, it was, that was just a really lucky way to start. And uh, I'm always thankful for that, having that happen right away like that. It was very helpful.
1: That's that's a, that's awesome. Had that type of luck been more prevalent, you may have still had a roommate. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you, maybe
0: maybe maybe it was it was for the best. I mean, it all worked out. But but you know, you have to kind of, you have to kind of wonder at different points, like when certain things happen or or certain, you know what might have happened otherwise in this instance or this instance. To give you an example, you know, my, so after spending a huge amount of years in LA and working in the industry there, I am back in Kentucky now because my mom, my sweet apple pie mom, she's wonderful, and I love her just so much, has been experiencing health problems, so I came back. So sometimes I wonder what would be happening in L.A. if I were there right now. Of course, right now I wouldn't want to be in L.A. because there's a pandemic happening and I'd rather be in a small town in Kentucky at the moment. But I do wonder at times, like, what am I missing in L.A.? But at the same time, like, there are things like Chicago Fire that I would not have done if I had been in L.A. So since I've been in this part of the country, I've I've worked in uh, film and television and commercials and, uh, and, and voiceover in, um, in New York, Chicago, uh, Tennessee, Kentucky, Ohio, um, Kansas, back out in California, Raleigh, North Carolina, Atlanta, Georgia. And uh, so one of the things I realized in this part of the country is that you kind of have to be willing to travel. I don't mind at all because I love to travel. So for me, traveling is not a problem and a lot of fun. But I'm giving a long-winded answer to your original question, which was, how did I end up on Chicago Fire? So, you know, after I moved out to L.A. I, I, and I started working professionally, one thing I started doing was student projects. So I started doing a lot of student projects, and I was working with USC, UCLA, Loyola Marymount, Chapman University. These various uh, schools, especially USC, because they are a fantastic film school and really do some, uh, some excellent student projects. And I felt like that was a really good training ground. And then eventually from there, you know, I went on to do uh, projects in film and television, just bills over time. The whole way that Chicago Fire happened, which is one of my favorite projects and probably one of the things that I get most recognized for, that and A Thousand Ways to Die, which <laughs> I didn't know until I did that show what a, a, a cult favorite that it is. But my agent contacted me and said, uh, Claire Simon wants to see you for a guest star role. And at the time, I had a conflict and I couldn't go to Chicago, so I sent a self-tape. And I did book, it. it's always hard, harder to book from self-tape than it is if you're in the room with the uh, casting director or the producer and director. So two weeks later... My agent called up again and said, Dwight, Claire Simon has called and asked for you again. This time it's for a co-star role and you are going to Chicago no matter what. <laughs> you are clearing <laughs> out your calendar. I don't care. I don't want any excuses. I don't care what you are doing. You are going to Chicago because Claire does not call again unless she's interested in it. She definitely doesn't call two weeks later. So, uh, So I cleared out my calendar. I cleared out my schedule and I went up to Chicago and auditioned and uh, book the role of Dr. Mayberry.
1: Dr. Mayberry. So Dr. <laughs> Mayberry, right? And you're from Hazard. Is that a coincidence? Is that, is that just, uh, Did they see you coming from a mile away and go, oh, I, it was Dr. Smith, but not now. I, not well, now. you know,
0: in, in all honesty, I don't re- remember them listing the character as Dr. Mayberry when when I was auditioning. But I think that they named the character after I booked the role. So, yeah, I think there's actually some truth to that.
1: Oh, that is that is amazing. Is it true you used to, um, when you lived near Bruce Springsteen, you would run around a lot, and you inspired the song "Born to Run"? Is that true? Did oh I read that? Oh my
0: gosh! Who told you that? No, no, I'm kidding. No, and you're kidding. No, no, there's no truth to that. Hmm. We can bad. make up a great story. That's too though.
1: bad because that would have been pretty cool.
0: Well, I well I can tell I can tell you how he almost ran over me one time. Oh, you almost got hit by the boss. Yeah, I almost <laughs> got hit by the boss. So he, he drove this really cool convertible, of course, right? And uh, and where uh, um, the house was that I, w- I was living at was there was a hairpin turn right there in the canyon. This was up on Fairhome Drive, I can tell you, because he no longer lives there. And so there's this hairpin turn, and it was dark. And up there, there aren't a bunch of streetlights like there are down in, in the city. I was out on the roadway he came barreling around the corner and slammed on his brakes and that was my meeting with Bruce Springsteen (laughs) (laughs) he was asked if I was okay and I said yeah and he, he didn't invite me in for tea or anything but at the time you know I was a newbie to the industry and I all I could think of in the back of my mind at that moment you know now I would have probably had a conversation with him but at the moment all I could think of was oh my god I'm talking to Bruce Springsteen, not thinking like, Oh my God, I almost got run over by Bruce Springsteen. But, uh, but yeah, yeah. Let, let the, He's what? like, you okay,
1: Mayberry. And you're like, Oh, you've seen me on Chicago hope. He's like, no, why?
0: <laughs> that would be years later, years later.
1: <laughs> He's been a bit, uh, yeah, I consider him ahead of his time. <laughs> so there's, there's no, there's no, there's no literal timeline in a podcast interview. There's no rules.
0: <laughs> all right.
1: Hey. We'll time travel. We, we can time jump all we want. All right. So, all right. So, that's pretty cool. So, and then you were in a scene with Otis, who was a very popular character. So, probably right. helps to be recognized, which in, intertwined in, in such a. Yeah. You know, and line.
0: and I have to say, working with Yuri was, uh, was a real pleasure. Uh, really, really nice guy to work with. Really interesting things about playing Dr. Mayberry. So, I was the one who. It was a pivotal curve for Otis's uh, character, in that I was the one who approved him to go back to being a fireman again. And uh, so it was a very important, uh, important part in the timeline for his character. And in fact, Chicago Fire, I didn't even know this until about a month and a half ago, and someone uh, sent this to me, Chicago Fire had put together, you know after Otis had met his demise on the show. Uh, They put together about a two and a half minute uh, video of his best moments, Otis's best moments. And one of those was the with me. Hell yeah, telling. I was with
1: you. Why wouldn't it be? You're like you're surprised. It's like, it's like, and of course, as I was watching it, there comes my scene. Why would I've expected it not to be there?
0: Well, yeah, it was. It was it, I mean, listen, he's he's been on the show for quite a while. He's done a lot of amazing scenes, so it was really nice that the that show is really cool. That is that really out. cool.
1: That is fun. That is fun. Um, That's really cool. So then A Thousand Ways to Die, that's your other cult classic that you're...
0: Well, that's... Yeah, that's what I get. Uh, One of the... You know, there's Chicago Fire and then there's A Thousand Ways to Die. And those are the two things that I seem to get recognized most for when people see me. When I did A Thousand Ways to Die, I did not know what a cult following that it has. I didn't know anything about the show. And in fact, when I auditioned for the show... I was not happy with my audition. I didn't like it. And I called, I swear this is the truth. I called up a friend in the car and I said, well, that was the worst audition ever. I'm not going to get that. And then I booked it. You know, I found out after I did the show what a a following that it has and what I I guess a guilty pleasure it is for people. It's interesting. They filmed two episodes a day when they were doing that show. And the... (laughs) The story... So mine was filmed in the afternoon. Then there was an episode that was filmed in the morning. And the one that was filmed in the morning involved insects. 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 So they actually brought in all of these insects. The thing is, is when they got around to filming mine... They had not been able to get rid of them all. <laughs> yeah. so. I saw that coming. I saw that coming. As so <laughs> there were there were a few little creepy crawlies here and there while we were filming. It was a it was an interesting experience.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. That's, and that's...
0: and and I remember too just the fun of doing that scene. You know, with where, where Lenny, I played Lenny. And where Linny uh, gets uh, gets really ill and goes down, and that was, that was you know it was just fun, fun.
1: It sounds hilarious. <laughs> it's fine. It must be fun just to kind of just dive into so many different characters. I was watching a reel of yours, and you play a lot of detectives and a lot of a lot of doctors, and pretty convincing, is that If you walked in anywhere and just uh, pretended you were a detective, I'd be all like, <laughs> you believe <"Yeah>, it. <laughs> I, I believe this guy is a detective. This guy." <laughs> You got to, hey, who's got a crime to solve? Get Dwight over here right now because this guy is a detective or a well, doctor. I'd be like, hey, what's wrong? I don't need WebMD, <laughs> <laughs> honey. Don't don't look up on WebMD. Well, Let's call Dwight Turner. You know, it's Let's funny call,
0: that you said that because I actually did voiceover as the doctor for WebMD. Oh, um, you did? <laughs> yeah, but we can get we can get to that in a minute. But uh, but uh, the, the whole detective thing, um, you know the first one that i did was a show called betrayed and that was filmed in la and it's it's one of those things where you don't really plan it you know you just do it and you you play the role and then people like you in that role and so you get hired for another lead detective role and then another and then another and then another listen i do not mind it's it, i actually have a lot of fun playing those roles and but you can probably see though from my other work that I in I enjoy playing all kinds of different characters. To me what's really fun is just taking a person and becoming them or a character or a role and becoming that that person for a time period. The more convincing I can be at that, the better I feel like I'm doing my job.
1: That is very cool. So you you've done, you you've done in drama You've done comedy, but you've also interestingly enough with the comedy. You studied with Brad Garrett from Everyone yes. Loves Raymond. Yeah, uh, at his sitcom comedy intensive was that in Vegas? Is that no? That was,
0: that was that oh. was actually in uh, in L.A. Oh, I still remember the studio. It's a, a place called Edgemar, which is very. It's literally like walking distance. It's right by the uh, the ocean, uh, down in uh, in the Venice, California area. It was a lot of fun, <laughs> literally, what, what, working like with, the, with Brad. I
1: can imagine. He's, he's a hoot. The, uh, like what's like the one tip that sticks out that he taught you?
0: How important timing is in comedy, which is completely true. Hey, depending upon how it's written and how loosely uh, or tight it's written, if you do not hit the timing right, it just doesn't work. It just doesn't work. With drama, you can get away with a lot more. But with comedy, comedy for television, for instance, that is so tightly written, you basically don't get to play around a lot with it. You have to kind of say what's on the page because those writers have spent a great deal of time writing that out to get the timing just right. And if you start throwing in a bunch of stuff, you can cause that to fall flat. But that's, that's one of the, the important lessons that Brad taught me was, uh, was the timing.
1: Very good. That is that and pause pauses, strategic pauses. <laughs> well, that's, <laughs> part that's part of the part timing. Of the timing I, <laughs> I guess it is. Yeah. Is right? <laughs> it's the secret, it's the secret part of the timing, which yeah. I can give away, but you were probably under NDA. Um, so, <laughs> so, <laughs> all right. So, um, one other thing I definitely want to cover, you lived a Comic-Con dream. You were in a movie called um, Out Sorcery. Yeah. And you kind of yeah. lived the Comic-Con dream. I've always wanted to go to one. This year, they don't even it, have it at home. You know, you know, like, I, talk about that movie real quick and just your experience at
0: Comic-Con. I, I have to tell you, I mean, you know, I could write a book, but yet I couldn't write a book. But yet I could write a book. You know what I mean? It's like there's so much that's happened. One of the just interesting things that's happened in my life is uh, I've had a couple of situations where I did a film and I never really thought that much about it while I was doing it. I was having fun doing it. but uh, And then they went on to do some interesting things. One was outsourcery, which you mentioned, which is about a sorcerer who gets outsourced. And I played his mean boss who outsourced him. And then the other is a project called The, the Gustafo vs. Granny that w- went on to, uh, to be a finalist for Project Greenlight with Matt Damon and Ben Affleck and HBO. Outsourcery. So I've done student films for USC, which is one of the top film schools in the world. And as well as Chapman, Loyola, UCLA, all really good film schools. I did this one with uh, Cal State Northridge, and it was with a group of undergrad students. I don't know, somehow, like some magic happened, and <laughs> and it got picked up by Comic Con, and we ended up premiering the film at Comic Con and doing a panel at Comic Con, and it ended up getting a uh, nomination for best humor film in 2011. That was the, the year that all this happened. So what Comic-Con did was they VIP'd me for the entire Comic-Con, went to all the parties, got to, I mean, there was so much. And for someone who was had no experience with Comic-Con and did not know what was going to happen, to be thrown into the middle of it like that, was an unforgettable experience.
1: So jealous. I'm so jealous. That's so cool. That is so cool.
0: Well, you just have to go sometime.
1: I know. I know. I, so what's next? What's your next big thing?
0: A Day at the White House, which is a musical. <laughs> so I can sing. All right. I had no surprise to all my You're friends. You're like a triple, threat. A I triple can, threat. I can can sing. Yeah. And uh, so I, but I have never done a musical in my life. And I was asked to audition for this musical, I actually turned down the audition and didn't go. And the casting director got in touch with me and said, "Why didn't you go?" You know, he, said, he knew that I could sing, and so he asked me personally, "Would you know what I audition?" And so I did, and I ended up booking the male romantic lead. In the musical, awesome. so it's it's been well, it has been awesome, and a bit terrifying at the same time because it's something outside of the realm of what I normally do, and any time something like that happens, there's a, there's a bit of of nervousness there because you you're not as sure about things as like if I were just approaching an acting role, uh, you know, I've, I've been acting for years, so whether it's drama or comedy or, you know, I, I feel. A certain level of comfort. There's still going to be butterflies but a certain level of comfort and with this it's like a lot more than butterflies but at this point though I mean I've been working on it for a number of months now and so I'm feeling uh, a lot more comfortable with it. We ha- it has been difficult during the rehearsal process because we've had to do it by Zoom and we recently had our first in-person rehearsal and we're going to have another one. But because we cannot have audiences now because of the pandemic, what we're going to do is we're going to do a, a cast recording. We're going to do a live radio version, and then eventually put it up You know, when audiences can come back. And uh, there is a possibility it could eventually go to New York. We shall see the composer is connected with New York, has shows there, um, and the uh, writer-director is award-winning, uh, Vin Moriali. And so, um, so we'll see what happens with that. Stay tuned. Um, there's a, another project. There's a series uh, with a very well-known actor who has starred in a couple of series. And uh, I, I can't really go into the details of it except to say that if you go to my IMDb page, imdb.me forward slash Dwight Turner. You can see that I'm rumored for the project.
1: No one's listening anymore. They just ran to To look it up. (laughs) Um, So this is dead time. So give them a second to come back.
0: Okay. uh, (laughs) Well, and then, uh, and, and, you know, I hope all of that goes through, you know, once we get past this whole, uh, pandemic and, and the situation that has affected filming, because, you know, he has starred in a, in a couple of series and he's a very interesting performer. And so, uh, you know, I welcome the opportunity to work with him. It's, you know, it's a very interesting time, not just for me, not just for my industry, but for people worldwide in all industries. And I just hope that things can move forward and we can all be back to working the way we would like to sometime soon. Because I love what I do.
1: I think everything will be normal again. And I will, I'll promise you that I will come to New York and sit front row in the comp seat that you give me to watch (laughs) your play. (laughs) I'll pay for the ticket in the hotel, but you're paying for the seat. (laughs) And like, and we're, (laughs) and we'll do do the Jeff Dawazigan show live from the the play and we'll have the whole cast. It'll be, it'll be quite a show. I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to, write that on my vision board
0: it, exactly we're gonna, well, that. Finger, we're gonna make finger, that happen fingers crossed that that will happen and that uh that the show will uh will go to new york that would be fantastic so i love it i'm
1: feeling happens. good i'm feeling good so how besides the imd page how else twitter facebook instagram how can people keep up? oh
0: with you? yeah there are, there are a number of ways so um so dwight is my my website, and you can go there and see clips for things I've done, um, uh, both video and audio. On Facebook, I'm actor Dwight Turner. On Twitter, actor Dwight. On Instagram, actor Dwight Turner, and on LinkedIn, actor Dwight Turner.
1: All right, so we can definitely stalk you efficiently <laughs> and appropriately. If you uh, want to, social yeah. social media. All right, and of course, uh, Dwight's book, Bruce Springsteen and Me, is also available <laughs> on Penguin, <laughs> Penguin Publishing. You can get all that. That's, Soon
0: uh, to be a movie.
1: <laughs> yeah, some of the stories we touched on today, so that's I'm excited for that. Well, thank you so much. I'm so excited, and I'm looking... I'm happy you're here. I can't thank you enough. I'm looking forward to the the New York show that we're gonna do <laughs> down the road. That is the plan. All right. Thank you, sir. And we'll see you next time. Thank you, Jeff. Well, that was fun. And special thanks to Steve Joyner, promoter to the stars, for introducing me and Dwight. Much appreciated. If you're looking for an awesome promoter, check out Steve, I'll put the info in the show notes. All right, let's get on to... Hashtag Roundup trend of the week. You know, every week we find a fun hashtag game that Hashtag Roundup did and read some awesome tweets to you. You can download the Hashtag Roundup app at Hashtag Roundup. You can find all the information there. Play along and maybe one of your tweets will show up on a future episode. Every tweet I read will be retweeted at Jeff Show on Twitter and also will be in the show notes. Speaking of which, follow us on Twitter, Follow us on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Pandora, anywhere great podcasts are found. Subscribe, follow, tell your friends. That's how we grow. Much appreciated. All right, let's do a celebrity hashtag in honor of Dwight. Hashtag celebrity destinations. Dwight went from... Kentucky to L.A. and all over the world. So let's do celebrity destinations. All right, here we go. Shaka Cancun. Shaka Con, Shaka Con, Shaka Cancun. <laughs> John Wesley Cruise Ship. Ariana Grande Canyon. <laughs> Camp Larry David. Grand Nick Canyon. Adam Westside. Timeshare. If you could turn back. To- Brad Pittsburgh. Philadelphia Collins. Fifth. Phil- Delphia Collins. Take a Tom Cruise. Bill Murray Hill. Hollywood Hunter. And everyone's favorite, Stay at Homer Simpson. All right, that was fun. Again, we'll read more in the future. Check us out. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Check out Dwight. Check out Hashtag Roundup. Do all those things. And we'll see you next week on The Jeff Duoskin Show.
0: Thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Jeff Dwoskin Show with your host, Jeff Dwoskin. Now go repeat everything you've heard and sound like a genius. Catch us online at the thejeffdwoskinshow.com or follow us on Twitter at Jeff Dwoskin Show. And we'll see you next time.